unfortunately you don't have like that hands-on you know we're not rolling the joints we're not rolling the bloods we're not way you know specifically weighing out the flour it's it, the relationship yeah. has changed a little bit yeah would you say dispensary culture has changed over the last five years you know when california was just medical i had patients that i would see every single day there was a bond there was a relationship This episode of Mary Radio, we speak with Bianca Blanche, cannabis advocate born in New York City and raised in the Dominican Republic, who found her love for the cannabis plant and moved to Los Angeles as the industry was rapidly growing to explore a career as a bud tender over five years ago. With her experience, she helped open up the first cannabis cafe as one of their flower hosts in the heart of West Hollywood, California and since then has pursued other passions such as writing for media outlets, including Mary, and has appeared on the Today Show and Howard Stern Show. We explore what it's like to be a bud tender then and now, what life lessons she's learned throughout her career, and what's next for her on this episode. Be sure to follow her at The Stone Journalist on Instagram and check out her website, BiancaBlanche.com for more. So Bianca, let's begin by talking about your first introduction to cannabis and what led you to fall in love with the plant. First of all, thank you for having me as well. But I do remember, so the first time I smoked cannabis, I was a junior in high school. So I was probably like 16 years old. It was me and a few of the guys from my grade and we were sharing a joint in front of our school one night. I remember feeling really silly and we were laughing a lot. We got the munchies and we ate a bunch of food. And the entire time we were like doubtful whether we were high or not, because you just, you don't know what to expect, I guess. But like looking back, we were definitely feeling it. But more importantly, I mean, what I remember most was how much I liked it immediately and just how like silly it seemed to me that people would make smoking weed such a big deal. Like once I experienced it and was like, oh, this is what everyone's freaking out about. It was kind of like my own aha moment of not everything we're taught is always true. Of course. And was this in New York or the Dominican Republic? This was in the Dominican Republic. So that was even more interesting because it's like, I mean, I'm talking back in like 2005 I have no idea how they got it. Like, I was never involved in the purchasing of this. You know what I mean? It just kind of would show up occasionally. But meanwhile, like, my cousins here in America had been smoking weed since, like, the sixth and seventh grade. So it was just, it was interesting to see that juxtaposition of accessibility or the lack thereof. So that was 2005. It is now 2020. Why do you yeah. use cannabis now? I mean, honestly, cannabis helps me navigate through life. It's been there at the best of times, and it's been there at the worst of times. I mean, I I celebrate with cannabis. I heal myself through cannabis in addition to therapy and other outlets. But, mm-hmm. I mean, really, weed, like, allows me to stop overthinking It helps me, you know, get a better handle of my anxiety or any PTSD I might be experiencing. 
physically, like it relieves my migraines, my menstrual cramps. It helps me deal with dumb people. Like it's magic, basically. (laughs) So you were born in New York, correct? Correct. And then were raised in DR and then moved to Los Angeles. What decision led you wanting to work at a dispensary? Um, so after I graduated high school in DR, I moved back to New York to go to college where I majored in fashion merchandising at FIT. So after college, I started working as a bridal stylist at a shop in the West Village. And I did that for like three years almost. I mean, very different from bartending for sure. Like, I don't think you have to... <laughs> work in a bridal shop to know it's a stressful environment. I mean, like everyone knows a bride solo or two. I think it just got to the point where I was kind of over it. I was feeling really stagnant and I wanted a major change. And I'd always wanted to move to California, even as a kid. I had already been self-medicating with cannabis, was becoming more and more interested in it. And yeah, I just thought like, what would be the complete opposite of working at a bridal shop? And I thought a dispensary would be fun, and I get to help a lot of people feel better. Nice. Walk us through an average day in your life as a butt tent. So it would be like wake and bake, for sure. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously, butt tending can be physically demanding. We used to work like 11 and 13 hours a day back when it was just medical, and we didn't have all the regulations we have now. So it would be long days, a lot of face-to-face time with the patients, a lot of standing. I mean, there was also downtime when we'd chill in the back and roll joints and watch Netflix and bullshit. Nowadays, it's more inventory intake. It's, you know, the busy work of running a small business. But unfortunately, you don't have like that hands-on, you know, we're not rolling the joints. We're not rolling the bloods. We're not, you know, specifically weighing out the flour. It's the relationship has changed a little bit. Yeah. Would you say dispensary culture has changed over the last five years? You know, when California was just medical, I had patients that I would see every single day. There was a bond. There was a relationship. Whereas now you're helping people from all over the world, which is great, but there's not that I don't know, maybe there's not as much of a sense of community in in my mind. I'm sure other people would disagree. It's definitely different from when I first started. How did yeah. your family feel about you working in the cannabis industry? My family, my family's into it. I mean, not everyone was immediately supportive, but I think because now there's so much more information on cannabis and, you know, there's been more representation of cannabis consumers in the media within recent years, I think that exposure has been a big role in them accepting my career choice or just having a better understanding of like what I was doing. Do you think some of that plays into the fact that they could be from the Caribbean and there's more conservative views toward cannabis? And that I think so. Together? Absolutely. If you were to compare like my American side versus like my Dominican side, my American side is extremely open-minded for sure. Um, and I think that's because they've been exposed to it for so long. I mean, my dad, you know, was born in the sixties, grew up in the seventies, my mom too, but she did it in the DR, which is a very religious, you know, country still. I mean, abortion is still illegal. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot, she's not very conservative, but there are, 
you know, certain things that she still had. Yeah, that she was still culturally like influenced by and had to like wrap her mind around. Let's talk about what are your favorite strains and why? Ooh, uh, one of my all time favorites is Headband. It's an OG cushion sour diesel cross. So I think it's like the best of both worlds. I haven't seen it in a really long time, which makes me sad because I think people are, <laughs> I, it does. It's like, I always go back to like the classics of like a headband or uh, purple yeah. God's gifts or like Northern lights, white widow. And now they're so hard to find because people are really into exotics and you know, there's all these crossbreeds. Over the years, have you seen a change where there's obviously now more hybrids versus mm-hmm. more indicas and sativas and then like what people are wanting to purchase for themselves? When we were medical, people trust us. Let's let's be real. Like people come in and although they, they've been smoking cannabis their entire lives, they have no idea what they're smoking. A lot of it is just or was more like, yeah, whatever you gave me last time was great. And now people are coming in. Oh, I learned about terpenes or I was doing some research. And I I mean, I remember when like CBD was just non-existent and now it's everywhere. That's been interesting watching like certain cannabinoids grow in popularity or even like the strains like you'll it's it's almost like a fashion trend. Like I would uh, that's how I would um, compare it. Like you would see a strain come in and then it would like grow in popularity it would have its peak and then it would just kind of be like okay on to the next thing as a season that it's hot mm-hmm. exactly like i remember there was a gelato season and a blue dream moment and remember when i was yeah what are your favorite products at the moment i mean i'm definitely still a flower smoker i i have been consuming more edibles considering this whole like covid situation but i i'll be honest i am still like smoking herb as far as like products i really like the kikoko products it's a female-owned edible company they make infused teas and infused manuka honey sticks they have a tea with cbn that's an amazing sleep aid that's been super helpful throughout this whole quarantine process as a bud tender, what's been the craziest interaction you had with a customer? <laughs> there have been so many. Oh, my God. Some people are really, really weird. I had a pimp proposition me once. He wanted to take <laughs> me out to Nobu. Yeah. I thought that was pretty wild. And I say pimp because he <laughs> legitimately had, like, the cane. What color was his outfit? I want to say orange. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> And I think my response was like, I can buy my own sushi. Thank you. But yeah, I had someone tell me to go fuck myself because I had to charge him taxes. So that was cool. He was new to all dispensaries, I guess. Not knowing. People are just wild. Like, yeah, they would be so upset. And it's like, you've been following this. Like, this isn't this isn't new. I mean, it's new. But it's like, we've all been preparing for it. It sucks. I don't like to pay taxes either, but it is what it is. We've had people urinate in our showroom and not say anything and then just walk away, leave. Yeah, people are surprising. I've had homeless patients be, you know, more generous and giving than some of the wealthiest people that would come in. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about an interaction with a customer that really touched your heart. I mean, it's always touching to hear someone tell you how your help has enhanced their quality of life. 
we were lucky enough to get a lot of that. We were very, our location, for whatever reason, we would get a lot of medical patients even after we became recreational. So to hear that and to know like, okay, what I'm doing is truly helping people. Yeah. I would say that's like the most touching. As many crazy and rude, obnoxious people I've helped, it's completely outweighed by the amount of wonderful humans I've had the pleasure of interacting with. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Right. Have you worked at multiple dispensaries? And if so, what are the things that you enjoyed about those shops? So I've only worked at one dispensary for most of my career. It took me like six months of checking in and sending my resume before I was actually hired. I just kept trying for whatever reason. I knew I was supposed to work here. I'm supposed to be here. I was. I was there for four years before I left to go work at the original Cannabis Cafe, which opened last October. But what I've enjoyed how's, most, how is it? Yeah, how's been that experience at the, the first Cannabis Cafe in America? That's pretty big. The first Cannabis Cafe in America. So the first and only place that you can go and order a meal, sit eat, relax, smoke inside, outside, whatever you want. It's been amazing. It's been really, really cool. The excitement around it and how excited our guests are to partake is infectious. It's very contagious. I think it makes us happy to be there and to be a part of it. I mean, truthfully, like what I've enjoyed most about both places are the people I work with. I've always had really great colleagues, many of which have become friends, some of them family. So it's like, I, I really can't complain. So you said you've been a bud tender for about five years now. Um, mm -hmm. What do you love about your job? What's it that keeps you, you know, wanting to do this? I think it's really simple for me. I think I just love helping people. I love being of service and the fact that I can do it in an environment where I can still be myself, feel, yeah, like I'm, I, I can be authentically myself there. I, I think I love that the most. Have you met any celebs on the job? I have. Uh, well, both locations are located in West Hollywood, so we've definitely seen like rappers and actors and pop stars. My absolute favorite, and I feel like I can say this because he's very open about his cannabis consumption, is Dave Chappelle. Hands down. Like, honestly, my favorite patient overall, like celebrity or not, just like when people talk about, oh, they entered a room and it was electric. As corny as that sounds, that is so true. That like, was and, and that was him. That was him. And he was super humble. And he would like chill with us for a while and like chat and tell jokes. I watched him buy a complete stranger's weed once just like because the guy asked. Nice. That's dope. Yeah, Chappelle's a stand-up dude. <laughs> in your experience, what has been some challenges you faced in your position as a bud tender? As a bud tender, and honestly, I think as cannabis consumers, we're just constantly being judged and undermined. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you can relate to that. A lot of bud tenders I know are in their 20s and 30s and you know most of our patients are in their 40s and 50s and 60s so i think gaining the trust of someone who may see you as a kid can be challenging but it's definitely doable are you saying like some people have sort of like doubted your knowledge of product or cannabis oh 1000 percent 
Yeah, definitely. Because I think there's this misconception of are we, do we know what we're talking about? Are we truly listening or do we have something of personal gain to push products? Mm -hmm. So like when brands launch new products, do they obviously come in and then give you guys like sort of educational workshops on, you know, what to tell customers or like how to even just be knowledgeable about the product for yourself? Yes. Nowadays, for sure. I would say within like the past couple of years, bud tender trainings have definitely become standard for most companies. Do you have a favorite word for cannabis? I mean, in my writing, I'll use the word cannabis and like occasionally mm-hmm. say it. But yeah, in my day to day, I still say weed. <laughs> no, I love it when older people call it grass. I thought that was adorable. Like that was really cute. <laughs> Talk to us about your best smoke session you've ever had? Hmm. My best smoke session. Ooh, that could go so many ways. Cause it could be like epic smoke session. It could be like a self-realization kind of smoke session. Um, I guess it depends. I think one of my favorites was on vacation in Jamaica with my best friends, maybe like six or seven years ago. We like smoked on one of those clear bottom boats on our way to go snorkeling and the captain and the first mate smoked with us and they were hilarious and the day was just fucking perfect. I felt like a mermaid. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. You never go wrong in Jamaica. Exactly. Um, do you have any sort of like favorite music or artists that you like to listen to? I mean, it depends what mood I'm in. Like sometimes it's hip hop and rap. Sometimes it's bachata. Sometimes it's 60s and 70s rock. Like when I first started smoking, I was in college. So I was definitely like listening to a lot of Zeppelin and the Beatles and, you know, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, like all those classics. And now it's more like Bad Bunny, Summer Walker, Mac Miller. Yeah. Nice little mix up. Thank you. Has bud tending given you any life lessons? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, bud tending, I think in general, just has made me a more compassionate person. It's definitely made me a better listener, like truly listen to others and like be present for them. I mean, it's taught me how to stand up for myself and like my beliefs too, and not really give a fuck about outside opinions. There you go. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the female bond in cannabis. Do most of your friends consume and does cannabis play a role in your friendship? Most of my girlfriends do consume. Granted, most of my female friends also work in the cannabis industry. But even the ones who don't still consume cannabis, I think that's part of our bonding. I think it's like breaking bread, you know, like we can let our walls down, right? You can let other females in without like all the competitive bullshit society tries to push onto women too. And then also within the industry itself, there's definitely a good amount of products that are tailored towards women and sort of lifestyle needs. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming just based on my experience in sales, I would say females smoke more weed than men do. Like, yes, I would have a lot of male consumers, but I think I just I had just as many like soccer moms. That's an interesting little statistic. Yeah. As we do this interview, we're facing the global pandemic of coronavirus COVID-19, which has definitely Mm -hmm. affected the cannabis industry. 
Has this affected you? And what do you think will happen to the role of bud tender in the foreseeable future? Uh, well, it definitely has affected me. I am currently living that unemployed life, like a lot of my colleagues. The cafe is still operating, but it is doing delivery and pickup. So they're working with a smaller team. I did go to a dispensary earlier this week, and my bud tender told me her her hours had been cut recently, too, which sucks because it's like in my case, at least I can collect unemployment while I look for work. That's not really an option for her or for like most bud tenders who are considered essential and are still employed, but not working as much as they normally would. That's unfortunate to hear. But Mm -hmm. what other profession would you like to experience? I would love to get into voiceover acting. I did a workshop earlier this year where I got to like go into the booth and get behind the mic. And I'm not like I don't have any acting experience. I've just been wanting to challenge myself a little bit more and kind of like, you know, push out of my comfort zone. And so I ended up doing that and loved it. So I've been taking classes now via Zoom, which is really fun. Plus, I think I could use the skill like within the cannabis space as well, like scripted (laughs) podcasts, animation, digital learning courses. Yeah. Like there's so much content, company explainer videos, shit, phone systems, like (laughs) whatever. Like I can pronounce the words. I know what I'm talking about. Just give me a job. Yeah. So you've also done editorial work for brands such as Lowell and Kaliva. How was that transition from dispensary to corporate for you? Not easy. (laughs) It wasn't easy at all for me. Uh, I'm not used to working in a corporate environment. I had managed to never work in a corporate environment my adult life. Like most of my work experience has been in hospitality and retail. So it was a big change. I basically got hired last year to be a copywriter for a little herb company. And they were great. I mean, there it's nothing against them. I think it's just like a personal preference. Like I would call my mom during lunch break and be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I could sit in front of a computer all day. And then I would feel really guilty because it was a great opportunity. So that was challenging. You're definitely more of a face-to-face interaction. I realized that during that time. I mean, it was, I loved what I got to be a part of. My biggest project was definitely the cafe. So I was able to write the FAQs for the website. I wrote the original menu for the cafe, which I then got to see like Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg just like casually flip through on the Howard Stern show. And they were like discussing my work. Yeah, that was really dope. Like a a lot of really cool opportunities through writing. And for our listeners who don't know, you've been a contributor to Mary for the last few years as well. And last in 2019, you came to me with an idea for heightened connections. Do you want to tell our audience, do you want to tell our audience <laughs> more about your vision for this? I do. I do want to talk more about heightened connections. I love that baby. But now that you mentioned that, like, I really should just say thank you. Like, thank you for like allowing me to express myself through Mary's platform. You've been just so supportive. Any idea I've come to you with, things that don't even have anything to do with cannabis, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Go for it. Like, it's just, I really, really appreciate it. I, I reached out to you and started writing like 
during a pretty dark time and I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I've had thus far had you not given me a shot. Oh, well, I'm really glad that you did reach out. And, you know, since then, it's been a great bond, both professional and as friends. So I'm looking forward to the future, y'all, and just continue to do great things together. Yeah. So speaking of great things, Heighten Connections. So Heightened Connections will be a series of Canvas-friendly speed dating events. We're going to start here in L.A., or at least the plan was to start here in L.A. We would have been doing this next week had it not been for COVID. Oh, that's right. Yes. That is right. Right. Remember? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm single. I've done the apps without much success, and I'm definitely better in person than I am on paper, but I've realized... Like, I'm really at my best when I can smoke a joint. The idea of bringing like-minded people together in a safe and smoke-friendly environment to potentially make connections, whether that be friendship or a love connection, like, it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it seemed like a no-brainer. And I approached you about it, and you were, again, super open and supportive, and I'm really looking forward to when we actually get to to make it happen. It will. Trust me. The universe is going to make it happen for us. It will. It, it's too good. Like, And I love that, you know, Heightened Connections, it's all about inclusivity, so we want to invite guests of all sexual orientations would be, you know, um, welcome to join us and to have the opportunity to partake in this like semi-traditional speed dating format that we're just going to, I don't know, figure out, I guess, once we're able to. (laughs) Let's talk about more of like educational aspect as well for like being a bartender. Do you have like a favorite book on cannabis? I did really enjoy the book Weed the People by Bruce Barcott. It came out in 2015. So I think if you're getting into this space, it's important to know what we've been through and where we're coming from. So that book in particular does dive deep into the history of cannabis, the war on drugs, the legalization part. It's a good foundation for sure. But there's there's so much content out there. And now there's like, I mean, there's cannabis podcasts. I believe there's one thing online. It's called the Sativa. I think it's the Sativa Science Club. that. This wonderful woman, Emma Chasson, runs. And so you can essentially get certified in bud tending. Hmm, that's interesting. What about any apps? Like, are there any cannabis apps that you use as well? None that I can think of. I had a meltdown on 420 because I was trying to order off of Ease, <laughs> which I was able to at the end, but like, yeah, I'm just so spoiled. I would just, you know, get my stuff from work. What about you? Do you, are there any apps that you like? I use Leafly's app a lot. Um, Okay. I get new strains. Um, I definitely go to that to just, you know, research what the details are, the characteristics of the plant are. Yeah, they're great. That's probably the one app I do use um, personally. Someone reached out to me via LinkedIn because they wanted me to take a look at a cannabis app, which I have not yet, unfortunately. But it's interesting to just to see like all the different outlets and mediums for it. There's actually I'll take that back. There's another app that I use. Pax has a app that you can use on your cell phone to mm. like activate your vapor, your vaporizer mm-hmm. as well is another um, app as well. So Yeah, I love, that's so true. I love 
that they had the, it's almost like a child safety feature on the app. So you can lock yeah. your vape pen. Yeah, I thought that was genius. Do you have any sort of like words of advice to someone who is interested in becoming a bud tender? And I'm also asking, you know, post COVID-19 as well. I mean, you're going to have to hustle. So there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people that, I mean, it was competitive five years ago, let alone like now when you have people from outside industries wanting to, you know, take advantage of this green rush. And I would say education. There's always new, especially now, new studies, new research, new um, information out there. But feels like almost daily, like it's honestly hard to keep up with. So I think staying educated and just staying like driven, you're going to need it. Absolutely. And my last question for you. Okay. Uh, this scenario, mm. it's your birthday. You get to select one strain to celebrate with. What are you going to select? Oh, my God. Think about it. Think about it. I could only have one strain. It's your birthday and you only get one strain. Oh my God. It's like Sophie's choice. Dog. I, okay. So there is one strain for me. That's kind of like my, my great white buffalo because I've only had it a couple times and I haven't seen it since, but I remember having the best time and it was a white rhino. Mm, that is mm. not the classic one. Yes. Yes. Or, or a white widow. White widow's hard to find too. I'll take a white widow on my birthday. What about those two strains? What was it? Well, it's interesting because White Widow tends to be an aphrodisiac. So there was just something, I mean, you know, it's just something about feeling good. good. It is what it is. It makes you feel really, really good. So I think, I think that was always, um, yeah, fun. I'll write that one down for my personal notes. Yeah, yeah, you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what about you? Hold on, hold on, because that was a hard question. I want to know what your answer would be to that question. What is my strain that I'm going to use to celebrate with? Um, I really enjoy Chocolope, which is like OG chocolate tie and cantaloupe haze. Yes, yes. Nice crossbreed. Um, that's definitely one of mine. That yeah. is a nice crossbreed. Wow, you knew that immediately. Like, you didn't even hesitate. I'm saying, I guess as an editor-in-chief, <laughs> I got to ask questions. So I'm like, what would my answer be? Right, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Bianca, thank you so much for having this conversation with us and being the first Bud Tender on our Bud Tender series that we have. Yay. Um, Oh, my God. My pleasure and honor. Absolutely. Any lasting words? Where can people, you know, look for you at, like find out further information about you? Ooh, yeah. So people can find me on Instagram at The Stoned Journalist. I'll say it again at The Stoned Journalist. That's like my main platform. I also have a website, BiancaBlanche.com, if you want to see any of my work. I would say those would be the two. I'm not on TikTok, so sorry. <laughs> not, not yet. Give us some time. You may change. Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And, you know, we look thank forward you. to seeing your growth in the industry and having more conversations with you in the future. Thanks, Adrian. Have a good one. Thank you.